Hello, beautiful humans, and welcome to the Love Me True podcast. My name is Jessie Rolton, women's empowerment photographer and self-love advocate. Each episode, I will be speaking with an inspiring human and bringing you tools to tackle the important stuff, so you can go out and live an empowered life. This is not a place for guilt and shame, but a place of growth and transformation. Thank you for listening. Now let's begin. Today on the podcast, I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Vixen Temple. She is a self-proclaimed feminist sex witch who stands for self-love, self-empowerment and the female orgasm. We chat about who Vixen Temple is, going from being in a codependent relationship to the badass she is today. Um, We also discuss how she deals with the haters, advice for being creative and most importantly, doing what makes you happy. So without further ado, let's get on with it. So, uh, I'd like to welcome a very special guest, um, Vixen Temple, to the podcast today. Kia ora, uh, guys. She is a, oh my god, just a fabulous human being, witchcraft, witchy, like goddess, uh, performer, journalist. Thank you. Like, Thank just, you. Oh my god. Thank you. Yes, I think the best way to describe Vixen Temple is a uh, self-proclaimed feminist sex witch who stands for self-love, self-empowerment, and the female orgasm. There we go. Yep, that's what Vixen Temple's all about. (laughs) Yes, she is. (laughs) We love her. Um, Yes. So what I want to know, I guess, starting out, just like get the ball rolling, is like tell us a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where Mm -hmm. you are now? And why, like, I mean, you've just said why Vixen, or who Vixen Temple is, but why Vixen Temple? Mm-hmm. Well, I think my journey of self-discovery and self-love sort of started a couple of years ago in 2016. I went through a very, very terrible breakup. Um, I was 19 and 20 at the time, dating my first serious relationship. You know, we were living together. I thought I was head over heels and loved. He seemed so charming and charismatic to begin with. But when he moved in with me, the relationship took a bit of a darker turn, a lot of emotional manipulation, gaslighting, things that looking back on it now, I feel like it wasn't even me that it happened to because of who I am today. I would never let someone treat me like that, but it's because I, you know, I've been through it. I know what it's like at the time. I didn't know what was happening to me. I didn't realize that I was being manipulated and gaslit. The guy was cheating on me, the whole relationship with his ex-girlfriend and with the girlfriend of our flatmate. So (laughs) it was a pretty horrible breakup. Um, but the problem, the reason it was so bad was throughout the entire relationship, I had really become a bit codependent on him and I'm embarrassed to admit to that, but I was, you know, I was 19 years old. Um, it was my first year flatting. I just left the nest. I was all independent, but then I met this guy, fell head over heels in love, um, and really lost my identity with him because the thing is when you date a toxic narcissist they really isolate you from the world and yeah they keep you away from those that love and care about you because they want you all to themselves so i lost a lot of my identity dating this guy i failed a lot of uni papers um you know he talked about just wanting to marry me and have kids and that wasn't what I wanted in life, but I just wanted to please him. Yeah, right. Yeah, I yeah, <laughs> I really don't didn't want to get married and have kids. Not not so soon. And that's all he ever talked about with me. Um, and that became my goal because I just wanted to please my partner who I loved so much. Um, so when he broke up with me, I was devastated because I realized my identity was him, and I realized I didn't know who I was without him. He was a massive 
support person in terms of financial um, everything. He supported me for everything. And when he left me, I was devastated. And I remember crying on my floor in absolute hysterics and just broke down and had to move home, which meant I lost that bit of independence of, you know, living on my own for the first time. I had to move back to the nest. Um, I reconnected with a bunch of friends, but at first I thought I've lost so many friends through this relationship. Who am I? Who am I without this guy? And immediately got into another relationship because I didn't know how to be on my own. And so I dated this guy, poor guy, he was a sweetheart, but he was a rebound. And about three months into that relationship, I woke up one day and I went, oh my God, I want to be on my own. And I, oh my gosh, you know, I finally realized I need to be single and I need to discover who I am before I allow myself to start dating other people. Because I remember just turning to this partner, the rebound, looking at him in bed and going, I don't know who I am if you aren't here. I'm putting way too much of myself into this new relationship. I need to be on my own again. So I broke up with him, which I feel a bit horrible about, but um, it had to happen. It had to take place because since then, I remembered the day that the guy broke up with me when it was quite devastating and I was on the floor crying and I promised myself, you know, do not ever let a man make you feel this way again. And I haven't broken that promise. I firmly believe that, Self-love is so important because who do you have besides yourself? You know, you're, you're like, I know it sounds really pessimistic, but friendships end, uh, relationships end, families have falling out. You will always have yourself. And if you believe in that, and if you love yourself to the core, you'll never feel alone. And I will never settle for anything less than I feel I deserve. So that's where I think Vixen Temple's like the sort of the milestone in creating her was because once I finally got out of the rebound relationship and was like, right, who am I on my own? What did I use to really enjoy? Okay, in high school, I was really into witchcraft. Okay, I should get back into that. And so I started exploring witchcraft a little more. And then I was introduced to the satanic temple, which um, I'm a satanic witch. So I started exploring those philosophies and they really correlated with me. The point of the satanic temple is really to recognize that we are in control of our own actions and we worship ourselves. We don't actually believe in a literal devil or Satan. We believe in ourselves. Um, Satan's just sort of a metaphor for like the rebellious person who wants to stick it to the patriarchy and doesn't want to live a normal, you know, happy, mundane, you know, life. So um, yeah, I started practicing witchcraft again and I was really finding my identity again and getting back into horror movies and the macabre and burlesque and just all these things that I lost when I was dating these guys because I always felt like I had to suppress this sexual energy that I've always had. I've always felt very sexual, very, I just, I love sex. I love, I've been masturbating since I was 12 and I didn't know what I was doing, you know, like, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> that's why I, cl that's I claim the queen. title. As, yeah. I claim the title as a sex witch because I have always just been a very sexual person. I have big sexual energy and it's something that I've been told my whole life is bad and it's wrong and I shouldn't want to enjoy sex, which always disturbs me that we teach women, you know, they shouldn't enjoy sex. Like, why? Why? Don't you want us to enjoy it? Right. <laughs> so, it's bizarre. Yeah, it is bizarre. So I started, um, yeah, exploring my sexuality a little more and coming into terms with being bisexual. I was romantically and sexually attracted to all the genders. I don't know if bisexual is the right word because I don't really care what's going on in someone's pants. If I love you, I love you. Um, so I started exploring that a little bit more. 
And then finally in 2018, um, I got to a point where I was confident enough to sell my nudes. And that's something I don't think I would have done if I was in a relationship because I felt like at the time, well, my, my body is my partner's, but no, my body is mine. And that's actually where the name Temple comes from. Um, vixen stands for, you know, the vixen I like to think of as a word for slut. Like, you're a vixen, you're a slut. You, yeah. you know, I've been, my, ever since a teenager, I've been told you're a cock tease, you, you little minx, you little vixen. And temple represents my body. My body is a temple. I choose how to worship it. I choose who gains access to it. So vixen temple is the marriage of the hyper-feminine, hyper-sexual, and your body being a temple. So I started selling my nudes, and vixen temple was the alias I created to um, protect my real name, my real identity. And then she started becoming this almost alter ego that I would step into when I was selling my nudes. And I realized I like this alter ego, ego, you know, she's a, she's a badass. She's a, she's a bad witch. She's a witch. Yes. Vixen Temple was a witch. And I just remember one night, um, getting really stoned, <laughs> having, a, <laughs> having a vision. <laughs> I got really blazed one night and I had this vision of just this woman rising out of the flames. It was real, you know, Daenerys Targaryen, but she was unburnt. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's Vixen Temple coming to me and telling me you have finally reached a point where you are independent. You are in control of yourself. You love yourself. And here I am to celebrate with you, with that, with you. So that's where Vixen Temple came from. Wow. I love it. I love Thank it so you. much. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Just because you, you are, you, and I love that you, sorry, you do, you ooze sexual energy. <laughs> Thank you. No, don't apologize. I no, love no, that. No, no, <laughs> no. So, I mean, um, like, I love that you, you ooze that and I love that you've reclaimed the word vixen. Yeah. Um, 100%. Because it's such a, it's the same with the word slut. Like I, you know, I'm, I'm sort of a similar journey to you. Like, um, again, I identify as bisexual, but I'm the same. Like I love people. So I yep. would say possibly more pansexual than bisexual. Me too. I feel that. Yeah. Um, but being able to reclaim that term like slut or vixen or all those things that apparently are bad under the patriarchy and yes. that to empower us to live our best lives i love that i'm all for it 100 percent. that's really what i like to think i create with vixen temple is that i want her to be sort of the safe space for people who i guess essentially aren't a straight cis white male you know the world is already catered so much to them and their pleasure and their gaze and just their overall well-being um we live in a patriarchal society whether you want to admit to it or not um, so Vixen Temple is really me. It was a really a journey of me reclaiming all these things that I've been taught my whole life is wrong. You know, I mm. was a very sexual person from quite a young age and I've been slut shamed severely and I've slut shamed myself. You know, I was taught, I was too raised in a patriarchal society and believed once that women who slept around were loose and immoral, which is ironic because I was one of those women, <laughs> yet I, you know, yet I still oh. thought, yeah, but um, no, you know, I came to terms with the fact that, you know what, people hate sexually empowered women because they're afraid of us. Mm-hmm. They don't want us to have bodily autonomy because what are we going to do with it if it's not to cater to the male gaze? Yeah. And the thing I like about Vixen Temple is um, I'm also recently quit stripping, but I was a stripper for about a year, 
when I perform as a stripper as Lydia, I was performing, I guess, essentially for the male gaze, but I was exploiting it so that I could make a profit. When I perform as Vixen Temple, I like to perform her towards the female gaze. I cater her to look sexy for women and to make women, and by that I mean trans, non-binary, anyone who is in a straight cis white man, to look at Vixen Temple and her performing and think, if she could do that I could do that because I've come from a place where I used to hate all of these things about myself but it's because I was taught to hate those things I was taught to be ashamed that I enjoyed masturbating and that I liked having sex with men and women and anything in between and I didn't want to be ashamed of those things anymore so I just stopped letting people put that shame on me because Mm -hmm. that was them projecting their own ideologies and insecurities onto me. And the day that I stopped letting them do that was the day I really felt like I was fully Vixen Temple of like, I just don't care what you think of me because I'm doing my own thing and I'm happy. And, you know, I hope that for you one day, everyone in the world. Yeah. No, I love that. And now I, in saying that, like, you know, becoming who you are and following your journey, I saw it as, was it on TikTok or something? And you posted about you having a phone call with your dad. Yes. And not having um, an appropriate room. Yes. You want to like elaborate a little bit on like maybe the, the growing up of that and like dealing yes. with your parents and. Yeah. Um, I want to first start by saying that I was raised by a single mother who always allowed me to express myself. She let me dye my hair pink in high school and wrote me a note for my teachers to say, get over it. This is what she wants to do. (laughs) She let me, you know, she drove me to all my drama lessons. She paid for one of my tattoos. She lets me do whatever I want to do. Um, I have a dad who is the complete opposite. My parents are no longer together. Um, My sperm donor is an odd man. He is a toxic narcissist. (laughs) He um, is extremely religious, extremely bigoted. Basically, everything that Vixen Temple stands for, you know, trans rights, uh, gay rights, all those sort of things. He is the complete opposite. He's sexist. He's racist. He's homophobic. And I'm so ashamed to have him as a father. And I had to go through this crisis within the past few years of realizing that I don't have to be him. I don't have to let what his ideologies are reflect me. But with that comes a lot of suppression because my dad does not know who I am. He doesn't know Vixen Temple. He doesn't know I stripped. Um, He doesn't know literally anything about me. He wouldn't even be able to tell you my favorite film. I don't have a close relationship with my father, but I have to stay close with him because I have a half sister with him that I want to stay in touch with. But I was raised by my dad. Um, No, I was raised by my mum. And when my dad would visit, I remember getting lessons from him. And it was, we don't date Jews. We don't date Christians. We are a Presbyterian family. Fun fact, I was actually baptized as a child. I'm surprised I didn't burst into flames. (laughs) But uh, (laughs) my dad uh, raised me, tried to raise me to be religious. And it didn't work because... And I mean no disrespect to anyone who is religious, but my view of, um, especially, you know, Christianity and Presbyterian and everything, was that it's taking away credit with yourself and giving it to Jesus and to God. I get so frustrated when, you know, a a miracle happens, like someone was cured of cancer or they, you know, had a a really intense surgery. And everyone goes, oh, praise the Lord. Like, no, not praise the Lord. Praise the the doctors and the nurses that did that. I don't like giving credit to a higher power that I don't even know exists. I want to give credit to where it deserves. And 
my dad tried to teach me to um his being a bigoted man he used religion as a safety net of like well he's a terrible person but jesus will forgive him because he will repent one day and i find that very frustrating and very hypocritical if the only reason that you're a good person is a fear of what awaits you in the afterlife then you're not a good person and it's ironic because my dad tries to preach all these beliefs onto me but it's really all i hear is um gays are wrong trans are wrong this is wrong that's wrong um things that i am you know i'm mm. by he has no idea if he knew oh if only he knew you know i would be <laughs> yeah. i would be immediately disowned from his side of the family and that's why i made a tiktok um that you referred to earlier where my dad wanted to facetime me every time my dad visits i have to hide my whole room i have to hide my stripper shoes my satanic temple um certificate my everything my whole I looked at I remember he was about to call me and I looked in my room and it really was like the TikTok with this intense music playing on my head of oh my god there is shit everywhere that implies I am a sugar baby stripping self-loving feminist sex witch and my dad doesn't like those things I must hide it (laughs) (laughs) so I ripped away my whole identity and it's funny and you can laugh about it but it's also sad to think that you know Mm. the the man in my life who you're taught is meant to love you unconditionally doesn't but um even know who I am but it doesn't matter because my mum raised me and she raised me enough with enough love that I felt like I had enough love by two parents so I don't feel like I missed out on anything by not having a dad in my life that knew anything about me but it is a strange um thing to have to hide I feel like Hannah Montana with a double life when I'm around my dad (laughs) I'm a good little yeah (laughs) that's what it is you know when I'm around my dad I'm just I wear dresses I cover my tattoos I'm a good girl and then the minute I'm gone I'm a (laughs) I'm like selling porn on the internet and I'm a stripper (laughs) and I'm a witch and (laughs) I'm a satanic witch you know that's oh my god he would shit a brick (laughs) yeah yeah I mean and that like I, I the thing with religion right and I've sort of struggled with it over the years and I have a lot of respect for people who um have faith I think yeah. it's, it's, I think it can be for some people, um, a way of uh, getting what they need, I agree. having that, having that higher being. And, uh, it took me a long time cause I was, I was very anti a lot of religion, a lot of everything. I was like, don't you put that on me? Don't, you yeah. know? And as I've grown, like, that's the thing, like why I sort of tend towards witchcraft and Wicca and paganism is because I can focus on me and I can grow yes. myself. But if someone, if I've got friends that are Christian and I love them and I yeah. respect their, you know, their way of life and that's totally their, mm-hmm. their game. And um, I think, unfortunately, you'll always find people like your father who are extremists. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it's a shame that I was exposed to that from such a young age because it left such a dirty taste in my mouth mm. for religion. And so for a long time, I was the same as you. I had a, an intense hatred for religion I see all I see is that it creates wars it creates strife Mm. it creates hatred I didn't see it as like you said people having faith and then I met some Christians who were good people and I realized you know 
it's, it's like I say, the same with being a stripper is that people won't know I'm a stripper until I tell them I've met these Christians who I didn't know were Christians until they told me. It doesn't have to be your identity. It's just no. a part of who you are. Yeah. I do like to quote, religion is like a penis. You know, you, you're entitled to one. Just don't shove it down my face or yeah, and <laughs> shove it in my mouth. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it goes for everything. Like, just, you know, you're allowed your opinion. Yeah. Just don't yeah. shove it in my face. And Exactly. Um, but I do agree with what you said with, in terms of witchcraft. I think the reason I was so drawn to it, I discovered it when I was 17 years old. Hmm. And I like to think of witchcraft as sort of a do-it-yourself um, spiritual practice. You can pick and choose what resonates with you. For me, you know, I highly worship the goddess Aphrodite because she's all about, you know, femininity and sexual energy and everything. Hmm. Um, and I found over time that my, my witchcraft changes and evolves as I change and evolve and that's what I love about it is that you can shape and craft it to suit your needs and your desires and a lot of my witchcraft turned into self-love I told the story to a friend of mine recently that I'd completely forgotten had even happened um, a few years ago I was living with two of my best friends and we had a joint coven and we did spells one night and we were doing a love spell where we were meant to picture like the perfect partner and this was at a point um, after, long after I'd broken up with the rebound guy and I'd finally come to terms with, I love being single. Um, we were lying in the room and we were meant to picture our perfect mate. And I was lying there with my eyes closed and I just remember seeing myself and I kept yeah. picturing myself. And I was like, no, no, I'm meant to be picturing, you know, a big buff guy with tattoos or a big <laughs> sexy goth girl. <laughs> but it just, it just kept being me. And then um, I saw in the vision this white light coming from the chest and it just evolved and it came shining out of me so bright that I had to open my eyes and I remember going oh my gosh I just subconsciously performed a self-love spell without even really realizing it and I swear from that day onwards I have just utterly loved myself to the core and that's what my witchcraft represents is just regrounding myself and checking in with myself and making sure that I am worshiping my temple and that I am good to myself because if I'm not going to be good to myself who else will be yeah a hundred percent and I think mm -hmm. that goes for anyone of any stage in their life right because I you know obviously with what I do it's all about self-love you yeah. can be um involved in witchcraft you can be Christian you can be Buddhist mm -hmm. you can be any kind yeah. of, and I like how you said it doesn't define your identity your religion yeah, doesn't, it doesn't does not define your yeah. identity everyone needs self-love mm -hmm. as do. you know if you can't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love somebody else <laughs> amen so you know like yeah. <laughs> no sorry i was just gonna quickly say i feel like that quote is so controversial because a lot of people i think read it as you're not worthy of love unless you love yourself i hear that quote more as you need to love yourself so much that you will not let someone else love you less than you deserve. Yeah. And then you will be able to give that love in return. Yeah. Because there's also that saying that hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And if you're not loving yourself, you are going to hurt others. And that's, you know, something yeah. I've experienced when I was back in a self-loathing hatred. I hurt a lot of people around me that were meant, I was meant to care for. Yeah. So, um, to, you know, overcome that and to get to a point where I, I, I truly do love myself. And I, and of course, in saying that I'm not perfect, you know, I still have my days. Oh, same. Insecurities. Yeah. I'm only human and you're, you're allowed your insecurities, but I firmly believe that insecurities 
we're not born with them. We're taught them. Yeah. As I said earlier, you know, I was taught to be ashamed of my sexuality, which was something I was so proud of. Um, and I almost let it consume me and delete that part of my life and suppress it. Um, but I had to go, no, you know, I'm being taught to be insecure about this. I'm allowing these people to project those insecurities onto me. If I go, no, I love that I'm sexual and I love these things about myself. They, they have no power over me. So yeah. that's what I think that quote refers to is that if you love yourself so much, no matter what, no matter how the people treat you, no matter what they try to tear you down, as long as you know to yourself that you are true to yourself, you are powerful, you are immortal, you're invincible. Oh, yes, like 110%. And that, that's the way I look at it, right? Is, and I, same, had to go through all this like, self-love and self, like, I, deep self-loathing that I had to work through. Yeah. And it is. Yeah. It's like if, if you can't love yourself enough to hold some respect yeah. for yourself, a, you'll treat people, you won't allow people to come into your life fully. Mm-hmm. You'll allow, you'll attract the people at a level that you think you deserve. Mm-hmm. But yeah, also you're not exactly. being true to someone, you know, you're not allowing your truth to come through and therefore someone else to, to bring their truth to the table and 100%. for you to grow together or like, and that doesn't have to be um, intimate relationships. It can be friendships. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, and we all and I, I remember my mum uh, when I was younger used to say um, that like you have people that are a season, a reason, or a lifetime friend. And, I like that. Yeah, right. And I, I, yeah. the longest times I was like, oh, but this person will be a lifetime friend, and then I realised that they're not; they're a season friend. And yeah. it used to break my heart. But as I've grown and as I've started to love myself more, and I look back and I reflect on those friends um, or relationships, I'm very thankful for them. Some of them were mm-hmm. shit. Some of them were mm-hmm. friendships and they just used me and some of them have grown and some of them are in my life at this stage because I love myself, because I am comfortable in my own skin. But it is, it's the same. It's like, um, it's not always perfect. I have days. Yeah. No? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you're, you are allowed those days of feeling insecure and I think when you have those days you should really sit with yourself and allow those thoughts to process Mm. and ask yourself why do I feel this way is this insecurity coming from within or is this insecurity coming from an outside source um do I feel bad about myself because other people are making me feel this way and if that's the case don't just don't please don't (laughs) I just hate there's so much hate in the world and there's so many people out there that just want to tear people down and I see it as them being terribly insecure and not liking that there are people out there that are just fully themselves. So allow yourself to have days where you think, okay, you know, maybe this quality about myself isn't good because I've had to change habits I've had that have been bad habits. You know, I used to be really unorganized. That's something I considered something I would be insecure about. Like I'm really unorganized. I'm really unreliable. And that's something that I changed to better myself. But if you're changing yourself to better, to, to make other people happy, that's not a good change. Only do things that are going to better yourself. Don't do things for other people. That's a big Vixen Temple philosophy. Mm-hmm. Just look out for number one and that's you. Yeah. And that doesn't mean being an asshole either though, right? Like- Exa- no, yeah. Don't be an asshole. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that's one of those things. If you're an asshole, maybe you should change that. <laughs> but it's okay <laughs> to change as long as it's for yourself. And, you know, if, if, if being an asshole is affecting other people, yeah, you should probably work on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Speaking of like... like my- <laughs> 
No, you go, sorry. You're going to say like your ex-boyfriend? Yes, 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 I was. Like many of my (laughs) (laughs) ex-boyfriends. I mean, like speaking of people that are assholes, obviously you perform, you strip, you put Mm -hmm. yourself out there, you journal, so you're constantly blogging, which Mm -hmm. I love. And I will, at the end of this, we'll give everyone um, your handles and stuff so they can find you because the articles you write are amazing. Thank you. but how do you deal with haters? How do you deal with assholes? Like, do you, yeah, I just want to know. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to think of it as, like I said, there's so much hate in the world. People are always going to find something to hate about. Um, especially when I became a stripper, that was me unboxing a whole world of, all right, tell me I'm a slut. Tell me I have daddy issues. I think it's one of those things. I've just heard it so much that it's, it's that Jinx Monsoon quote, war off a duck's back. It doesn't even affect me anymore. These, these insults don't land on me because I brush them right off. It's like, okay, so I'm a slut. So I'm a whore. So I have daddy issues. Whatever you think. And that's the thing. It's, it's them. It's coming from a place of ignorance. It's coming from a place of perhaps some self-hatred. These are people that have been taught to hate. They've been taught stripping's bad um being self-confident is bad especially with women women are not meant to love ourselves because people can't profit off us when we're loving ourselves they profit off our insecurities and that's a really good bit of um self-love advice that i was taught anytime you're having an insecurity think who profits off this um does a makeup company profit off it does a weight loss company profit from it and if they do don't be insecure that's something that was taught to you by society but yeah, going back to hate, um, I get a lot of hate comments. Of course, you know, I'm a feminist. <laughs> I, I get told I'm a, I'm a man hater. Um, I get told all sorts of things. And it's like, no, I don't hate men. I hate the patriarchy and I hate toxic masculinity, but I don't hate men. There are a lot of really great men out there. Um, to deal with hate, I think it's just, again, if I don't allow it to, res- to hurt me, it doesn't have any. They're just words. They're not going to hurt me. And I've been called all the names in the book come at me, give me an insult. I, I love myself enough to not really care. And again, I've heard it all before. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. And it's mm-hmm. like, I think it's very powerful. Like, um, because it is like a lot of people get caught up, particularly because we're all online right now. Like, and because of the isolation, right? Everyone yes. is on TikTok or on Facebook or on Instagram yeah. or a million of other different platforms, putting themselves out there. And yeah. unfortunately you do get people that, decide that it's their place like you said everyone's entitled to their opinion um you know just don't share it yeah i always think with hate if someone's taken time out of their day to send me something hateful i just i pity them and i feel sorry for them in a way because again i think it comes from a place of them really hurting and a place of ignorance um so I sort of just think, okay, well, you know, again, I love myself enough to know that I, I'm not these things that you are putting on to me. Um, I'm sorry that you're so hurt that you felt the need to insult a stranger, especially on my blog. I've been getting a lot of hate recently. I think it's from the same account because it's always the same, a similar profile photo. I block it. Another account comes along. I just think if this person has enough time in their day to re to keep making new Instagrams, just to send me threats, you know, kill yourself, come slut, feminism's cancer, blah, blah, blah. I think, wow, I really must be striking a nerve with this person if they're that, you know, angry at me speaking up about these issues that I believe so strongly in. I'm doing something right. So I almost, I'm a Leo. I take hate 
as a compliment because I think, oh, well, you're jealous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I but feel like jealous. It's, it's a sign that you've made it these days, right? Uh, yeah, like, it, it really is. Yeah, I think, you know, it, it's one of those things that if someone's taking time to hate on me, man, I must be really pissing them off and that's awesome. You're not doing anything in life if you're not pissing someone off. <laughs> exactly. Can't go through life being nice. I mean. No, you can't. No, especially as women. Stop smiling for men, you know. Let's just tell them. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And like you said, not all men, right? Like some men are yeah. really lovely. You have an awesome partner. I have an awesome partner. Like mm-hmm. not all men are assholes. There's just no. this select and it's the same with anything, right? There's always a few that are just take it too far. They do, yeah. And it's scary when it's taken too far. Yeah. But it happens. Yeah. And I'm here to try stop it. I'm trying to tear down the patriarchy one blog post at a time. Yeah, so you are. That's, <laughs> that's what I like to think is my, my purpose in life. I don't know. I just want to use my words to, uh, to give a voice to those that aren't comfortable enough to speak for themselves. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. And can people reach out to you? Like, um, ha- well, have you been noticing people reaching out to you being like, thank you, the blogs of, you know? Oh, yes. Yes. Um, th- with my blog, the reason I started it in the first place, it was about a year ago, around August of last year. I didn't plan on it being a, a consistent blog. I wanted to tell the story of a sugar daddy incident that I'd had happened that was bad. And I really wanted to claim back that narrative. Um, I've been an aspiring writer my whole life. Ever since I was a little girl, I love writing. I find writing very therapeutic because it feels like you are pouring your soul out into words and you get to have control over what's said. So I wrote about what happened with the sugar daddy. And when I finished it, I didn't plan on publishing it, but it just felt so cathartic to write it down and to claim back what had happened to me. And so I decided, okay, I'm going to post this because I feel like there are women out there that might relate to it. I made a blog, put it up. I literally thought, I really thought I would get, you know, 30 views. Um, and it, it just blew up. Um, people were sharing it. I had people messaging me from all over the world saying, hey, I'm a sugar baby. You know, I've had similar experiences. I really love what you, you said and love what you wrote. And the feedback made me think, okay, I have other stories I could share. Let's keep writing. And the more I wrote, the more people reach out to me. And it's those messages that actually keep me going because I have moments where I think, does anyone you know, care? Does anyone really read these? But th- that they do. And um, especially when I started writing articles about stripping and why I became a stripper, I had someone that I went to intermediate with message me and say, Hey, when I found out you were stripping, I actually thought it was really gross. But after reading your article, I get it now and I really respect you. And that's the point with my blog is that sex work is always written from the perspective of people that aren't in it. And what would they know? So it's so easy to just dismiss it as this sad, tragic thing that girls with terrible daddy issues do. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Rolling your eyes. But I want to write it from the perspective of someone that's in it and can tell you hey this is how I feel and of course everyone in the sex industry has different views on it that's the point of my blog is to show different perspectives and to show not just the classic oh damsel in distress it's actually something that can empower a lot of women and my blog really helps me to talk to to connect with other people who have had similar experiences my abortion blog especially got so many messages from women um 
telling similar stories and I mean I, I really get emotional my voice is shaking talk, like these messages I got made me cry because it was women saying thank you you know I've had so many people hate on me for having an abortion and reading you just unapologetically speak about it has made me feel so much better so I really appreciate when people take the time out of their day to message me and say that my blog spoke to them because that's what I hope to do with it you know I just want to connect with others who have similar experiences and speak on behalf of that yeah, you do it so eloquently and beautifully and just... Thank you. <clears throat> I love reading your blogs. I love when they come up. And I also love the content that you post on Instagram as well because it's fucking hilarious. Like, <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. my God. Your characters. Um, oh. <laughs> Bruce the customer. Yes, Bruce the customer is my favourite. So you guys will have to go and follow her, honestly. She has this character because um, Vixen <sighs> likes to, to cosplay as well. And... <laughs> He uh, has made up this character and he is a typical male that attends strip clubs. Yeah. And it, that was fun. <laughs> on point. And it's so funny. And I, I, that again was something that just sort of blew up really on accident. It was a Halloween costume. I wanted to go as a strip club customer for Halloween because every year I always do something sexy. And I thought, what's the opposite of sexy? Oh, a strip club customer. <laughs> so I just, I just grabbed a Hawaiian shirt, a really bad fake moustache, a fake hairy chest. The minute I put it on, Bruce just came to life. And I think that's from my theatre degree. You know, when I get into a costume, it helps the character evolve. When the costume was on, I set up my camera. My flatmate was in the room at the time. And I just started, I just started saying things that customers have said to me, though. Like, it just was so fluent because I had the script already in my mind it was it's literal things that men have said to me as a stripper you know what are you going to do for my one dollar note just ridiculous things and so the character really wrote itself and I just put up the video and bless her heart exotic cancer shared it and she has of course lots of followers and that it really blew up from there and I had people saying we want more Bruce so Bruce will be coming. I will. Yay! I have so many ideas for more Bruce videos. The the content will never end. Because, oh no! <laughs> you know there is. Yeah, exactly. There is so much I could do with him. But no, I had a lot of fun with that character, and yeah. um, it was actually crazy going to work um at my club after that video went out and having customers say to me, "Oh my God, you're Bruce! <laughs> Can you do, do the voice? Do the voice!" <laughs> I'm like naked on stage, like, what are you gonna do for it? Huh? <laughs> These people are in hysterics, so I'm just it made me feel happy, you know. It makes me happy that I could make people laugh because I've yeah. never considered myself funny. So to have people tell them that I put a smile on their face, it's really, really cheered me up and really made me feel good. Oh, good. So yeah, I'm glad that people like Bruce because I definitely will bring him back. <laughs> yeah, no, he's great. He's really good. And I've loved you. watching your other because I know you have an OnlyFans account. Yes. Um yeah. And that was what something you've started because of isolation, or is it something you've Yeah, well, I um, my introduction to sex work was selling nudes via Snapchat, and that was a very successful um, business for me. Um, especially back in this was back in two thousand and eighteen, I started doing that. Only fans wasn't a thing back then, so it was kind of the best way to sell your nudes. Um, when I moved to Auckland. OnlyFans was big amongst the stripper community, whereas in Dunedin, um, not many girls really did online stuff. I was not the only one doing it. There were girls doing it, but um, it wasn't as common as I found it was in Auckland. And everyone just, just sort of told me about OnlyFans. I thought, okay, that sounds fun. I'm going to give it a go. Um, I quit sh stripping um, in clubs for many reasons. 
And I thought, you know, I, I, I get income doing my journalism, but it's not consistent. What else can I do as a means of income? Okay, I'll create an OnlyFans. And that's been so much fun because it's given me a creative outlet during isolation. It's, it's motivating me to create content and to, you know, dole myself up in whatever character comes to me that day and just create. So I'm really grateful for that. Have you got any tips for people who want to create, like not necessarily OnlyFans or sexual content, but you, you know, you mm -hmm. mentioned you have a degree in theatre. Like, mm -hmm. is there any sort of advice you'd give to someone who just wants to be creative in that aspect? Mm -hmm. I think um, the best advice is to just trust your instinct. Just go with the flow. Don't overthink. Don't overanalyze. Um, when it comes to me writing, for example, whenever I write the first draft of my blog, I just write. I don't stop and think, what am I going to say next? I just write what's on my mind and then I go back over it. There's the skeleton and I go back on it and I define it and I perfect it. It's the same with my um, creativity with characters. You know, when I was creating the concept for Vixen Temple in my head, I thought about what inspires me. I'm inspired by horrors, um, old Hollywood, um, the sixties, you know, those sort of things. So I allowed those things to influence my creativity um, if you're wanting to get creative, think about what inspires you and what, you know, makes you feel creative and then just go from there and trust your gut and don't think what are people going to think about this? Just do what makes you happy. Yeah. Find what, find what inspires you and don't care what other people think. Um, do what makes you happy because it will shine in your art. If you're doing it for you, people will find other people like you will find you um, with Vixen Temple. You know, she's not everyone's cup of tea. Not everyone's into satanic witchy bloody gory things but that's what i'm into and i've been able to connect with others that resonate with that sort of art so do what you really think speaks to you and you will find others that enjoy it too and then you'll make some really great connections through that cool that's amazing like i love that because it's the same right because everyone's creative and i reckon i believe everyone is creative regardless if you yes. say you're creative or not right it's just mm -hmm. how you are creative and it's is it part of your like self-love journey? Has that been part of your self-love journey? The like whole um, theater, like creating characters? Definitely. Yeah. I think um, I've done theater my whole life. I was doing drama lessons when I was a little girl and my mum took me, bless her, such an angel. Um, and then I went and got my theater minor. I majored in film and media, but minored in theater. Um, I think theatres and cosplay has been a really good creative outlet for me. Um, cosplay, I did a lot in high school. It's fun to be able to put costumes on and then really physically embody the character and you pick up on their mannerisms and you start to, you know, costume is so important for me because when you put it on, it, it really changes how you move and how you, you walk and your physicality. And so I think growing up doing theatre, um, getting to take on all of these other characters, a huge part of being an actor is understanding the mindset of your character. It's, I think, you know, acting, as you said, it's creativity in your own way. Acting is such a, a crafty witchcrafting because it's, it's, it's magic. You are, it's illusion. It's, it's evolving. It's changing into a different person and it's trickery in a way that you're, you know, I played in high school, a cheerleader and, um, I'm not a cheerleader in real life, so I had to learn how to convince others I was a cheerleader. So I did little dance lessons and took on physicalities of that. And I really enjoy when it comes to getting into character for things, just, you know, those little little mindsets of how, what would, a, you know, a person that does cheerleading think? How would they act? How would they, you know, what drives them? What makes them tick? And I think having a theatre background really did help with my self-love because I've always been in an environment where theatre is all about expression. It's all about 
putting yourself out there. And I think that's where a lot of my confidence comes from too. If I can perform in front of hundreds of people, you know, I'm where a lot of that confidence really comes from. I feel like I can do anything. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. And um, I guess what kind of advice would you give to someone who wants like to start doing something is maybe a little bit of afraid of what people will think. And it could be anything. It could be stripping. It could be dance lessons. It could be, Mm -hmm. I don't know, writing. Um, what would you say to someone who wants to start out? Like, yeah. Um, I'll give an example. Back when I wanted to do stripping, I, yeah, I didn't do it for a long time because I was so scared about what people would think about me. And each day that I went by and not stripping, I noticed I was sad because I'm not doing the thing that my heart is telling me I want to do. And why? So that others can be happy. Fuck that. I want to do what makes me happy. So I think the best piece of advice is it's that classic People are always going to find something to hate on. Just do what makes you happy because I don't want to wake up 60 years old and go, oh my God, I've wasted my whole life pleasing others. Where where are these people? You know, the people that are in your life now may not be in your life in 10 years time. A lot of the people that were in my life when I became a stripper, I have no no connection to now. So can you imagine if I had never stripped because of what those people might think? They're not even in my life anymore. So why should I let them dictate me? Do what makes you happy because you don't want to wake up one day and go, oh my gosh, I've lived my life pleasing others and now I'm utterly miserable and I didn't get to do that really cool thing that I could have done. Yeah, no, I love that. Because that's the same, like I've, I've been, yeah, that was pole dancing for me. Like I'd wanted to yeah. do pole dancing for years and I never yeah. did. And like, <clears throat> um, you know, I've got friends that were strippers and I was like, that's really cool. And I just, I don't know, I didn't have the confidence. And then one day I just was like, why am I worrying what other people think? like yeah I'm gonna go do what I want I've actually found it's empowered other people like the amount of like not even close friends of mine but like friends who are sort of on the outside of my circle who've started pole dancing because of me and the videos that I post they're like oh my god you were so brave I love that you did that and I've started and they're at my studio now and I'm so fucking stoked yep it's the same with it's the same with me when I started doing pole and putting up videos and people being like man if she can do it I can do it and it was the same with me and stripping. The reason I actually started stripping, um, there's a girl that I knew. We went to uni together. Um, we weren't super close or anything, but I, I knew her. Um, she was stripping. And I thought, you know what? If she can do it, why can't I? She's not caring what people think about her. And she was very public about it. She started to post videos of her um, doing routines on her Instagram. And I remember sitting in bed watching them, like thinking, oh my God, that's so cool. She looks so so powerful up on that stage the way she's commanding the space and I thought well if she can do it why can't I do it so I fully agree and it it really is good to know that when you do that and other people see it and they feel inspired since becoming a stripper I've had a lot of people message me saying yeah I've started stripping now because I saw that you did it and thought hey why the fuck not I'm like yeah yes more women taking money from men I love it (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah fuck you I'm gonna get paid for something I'm good at yeah and you shouldn't get it for free yeah exactly yeah that's what I always say to people that like hate on strippers and sex workers and escorts and everything it's like well you know there's people out there doing it for free I'm just getting paid to do what you do for free so hate away I'm not bothered (laughs) and there are guys that are clearly willing to pay like oh exactly that's the thing it's like we're we're giving so much attention to these girls that are doing the like giving this the supply but we're not really taking into account the demand we never look at the fact that there are men there are so many people out there that are willing to pay for us we we don't 
look at those. We just look at the woman and think, you sluts, you whores, you horrible woman taking this money from these men where it's like, no, actually, you know, I'm not really robbing them. They're getting something in return, whether it be sex or my time, my company. I'm not stealing from these guys. No, it's an equal, it's an equal exchange of value, right? It is. It is. Yeah. It's a business transaction essentially. Yeah. And it's not that you don't like these guys that you, um, I think we've spoken about this briefly before, right? Like we have, or you have um, like not an emotional connection with them, but you feel you like you feel connected with them in that time that you're with them. But it is at the end of the day, it's still a business transaction. It is, yeah. You know, I had some regulars that I, I yeah, again, I wouldn't say I cared for them. I don't care for them outside of you know I'm being paid to hang out with this person, but. I, you know, I enjoy their company and if they were good to me, I would really appreciate it. And if they respected me, I would appreciate it. Um, especially back on my Snapchat, I had a guy work an extra few shifts a week so that he could save up and buy me a birthday present. And I just thought like, how nice, how nice is that? That's so sweet. So I don't know this guy personally. We've never met. Um, I don't have a connection with him per se, but he felt, he felt, something with me that he wanted to work extra shifts so that he could give me a present and it was really sweet so yeah I agree with what you just said yeah <clears throat> oh that's so nice and oh I just I get goosebumps it's so cool um so I guess is there anything else you want to say um oh anything else I want to throw out there no I think you know just I I, just the philosophy of Fix and Temple is to just really just love yourself and feel empowered within yourself and to not care what other people think because if you're going to live your life pleasing others you're going to live a very sad suppressed life and that's not good for your mental health just live your truest self Mm. and be unapologetic about it and you will find if you fake it till you make it, I did that for a very long time. I pretended to be confident and I pretended to not care about what others think to the point that I woke up one day and realized, oh man, I actually, this isn't fake anymore. This is genuinely me. I genuinely do think I'm the shit and no one can ever take that away from yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. well, I was going to say, what's one little ritual you give to someone to like for self-love and, but that kind of, you know, that's my mantra yeah. as well. Like fake it yeah. till you make it. Yeah, that's, that is exactly the ritual that I did um, when I started discovering my self-love was just fake it till you make it. Go out into the world with a confident look grin on your face of like, I am me and I'm going to always be me. Um, I started, you know, allowing myself to compliment myself and I wasn't apologizing for saying, hey, like, you know, when I put up poll videos, that's me literally saying, validate me, you know, look at this awesome move I just learned. But there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with showcasing your talents and being proud of yourself because achieving a new poll trick, you'll understand, is such a good feeling. And of course you want to share that with mm. others. <laughs> it feels powerful. It feels so powerful. So I think a good self-practice, a practice of self-love to give to people is start praising yourself where praise is due. If you baked a really good cake, talk about, hype it up. Be your number one hype girl. I have a Leo son, so I am the best hype girl for myself. And I want to pass on that Leo energy to other people. Be your own hype girl or boy or whatever. Be your biggest hype fan. And eventually over time, you will really believe because if you can rewire the way your brain works, instead of saying, oh, I did something bad, say, I did something bad, but I can progress and I can learn from it. And then I'm going to get good at it one day. And then you rewire the way your brain thinks. And then over time, you know, failing isn't such a horrible thing because you view it as more as like a learning curve. And over time, like I said, fake it till you make it. One day you will firmly believe that you do love these things about yourself and you are proud of your little achievements. So that's how I 
learn to love myself and that's what I tell other people praise yourself compliment yourself love yourself yes and masturbate (laughs) hey man (laughs) (laughs) look if you're into if you're if you if you are sexually active do it masturbate it's a good time (laughs) <laughs> I love that. I love that so much. I'm sure Michelle Casey would have something to say about that as well. Yes, you know. I mean, yeah, I I agree with Michelle Casey's philosophies on everything. Everything she stands for, I think Vixen Temple stands for as well. It's just being unapologetically yourself and not caring mm. what other people think and not letting other people's ideas of things reflect your own. Yeah. You know what I love the most about that as well? Like when I saw you guys do the um the Instagram live. Um, or story or whatever it was I love that there was no competition between you like we as women are brought up to have competition particularly if it's a seen to be a small um, industry I don't know about you but like I from not personal experience but from I guess the way I perceive it is a lot of sex workers um, from the outside look like they could be fighting for competition Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I'm not sure, like, is that, is that correct? Is it half correct? Is it something? Yeah, that- no, no, I'm, I'm really glad you brought that up. That's actually something I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah, it is, it's crazy. I think we raise women to hate other women again, because it goes back to if women are so busy hating each other, we don't have time to really reflect on how shitty men are and <laughs> how shitty they treat us. So if we're fighting amongst ourselves, we're not fighting men. And I grew up, I grew up, I used to hate girls. I used to be a slut shamer. I used to hate confident women because they had what I wanted. And over time, I just stopped hating other girls and stopped seeing them as my competition and actually seeing them as my sisters. And it's that, you know, really cheesy saying queens support other queens and they, you know, they don't try to tear each other down. But it is a really good saying because... If think of what women could achieve if we loved each other and we supported each other, we are so powerful. And I want to remind people that men at the back of their minds know how powerful we could be. And that's why they try to always create this competition. And with customers, they always say to me, oh, which girl do you hate the most? Which girl is mean to you? Do you girls hate each other? You're so competitive. Where in the changing rooms, it is the loveliest loveliest environment ever stripper changing rooms I will miss you know now that I've quit stripping or taking a break strip club changing rooms are where and it's probably the same with escort changing rooms feminine energy is at its highest and we are encouraging each other you know if someone's crying we're all helping her if someone's had a bad shift we're supporting her if someone's shoes fucking broken we'll give her a shoe to borrow where it's so beautiful you know you go into the strip club changing room and you just hear yes queen look at you you're so hot oh my god like you're amazing and it's just this big gay energy of like oh my god like it's just girls hitting on each other but we're so, <laughs> we're so awkward we're like oh my god i would like totally eat you out but like, as a friend <laughs> like it's, <laughs> it's really that but, you know the, the strip club changing room is the least competitive zone you will ever enter because it's women supporting each other and we're all in the same boat and not to say that men are the enemy but we have a target and the goal is to make as much money as possible and we're actually helping each other do that since starting my only fans the amount of women that have messaged me being like hey here's some only fans advice how beautiful is that yeah that, yeah sure you could we could view each other as each other's competition like oh she's putting up only fan content but I want people to subscribe to mine 
actually women are going, how do we get them to subscribe to both of us? How do we get more money out of them? And we're giving each other tips and tricks to make more money. And like you said with Michelle, I remember when I was on my way to go talk to her at her house, I was very nervous because, you know, I'd only met her at a workshop through um, Altitude. And I thought, what is she going to be like face to face in person? And I was a huge fan of hers and I was a big admirer of her work. And then we just, you know, talked ages about everything. And it just was so natural. And just being around women like that means a lot to me. And I found, especially since entering the sex work industry, the women are so, so sisterly and it's such a girl power sisterhood vibe that you know, if men want to convince themselves that we're all in the changing rooms hating each other and we're all bitching about each other, that's such an easy thing to believe when in reality we're out there lifting each other up and just supporting each other. And it's a beautiful environment that I, I will miss, but I still have those friendships and we still help each other. Even in lockdown, we're sending each other advice on how to make money via OnlyFans. So yeah, that girls hate each other and you know some girls do but they just haven't realized yet that girls aren't their competition they're actually their sisters and they will hopefully come to that point one day yeah. and it's another thing I want to teach as Vixen Temple I'm not your competition you're not my competition because I love myself enough that I don't need to see others as competition they're doing their own thing I'm doing my thing and that makes me happy and why not support each other with our art mm. and everything like that it's, yeah. it makes me really happy so I love I love girls supporting other girls I'm all for that oh 100% that's like my mission in life is like build yeah. other to just build other people up yeah Regardless. And it is nice when you do meet other women, like meeting you, you know, we did a, that photo shoot together and you just made me feel so good about myself. And I felt such a connection with you when we met because I knew right away that's a woman that is really for other women. It's not something that she's just saying. She really is practicing what she preaches. It's the same with Michelle Casey. Oh, it's yes. the same with, um, I'm a big fan of Nocturnus. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, Nicole. Santum, you know, yeah. and Nicole, she's been a huge influence over my life and my art. And she is someone that really does support other women and want to see other women do well. So to me, I, I just swear since moving to Auckland, I've just been surrounded by so many women that genuinely want other women to do well. Mm. And I didn't get that as much in Dunedin. Um, I, I, I don't want to say that Dunedin is competitive, but it's a small town and there are a lot of small minded people who are still slut shaming girls and girls are having these bitchy cat fights. And I was one of those girls, you know, um, and I moved to Auckland and the club that I worked at just had a much more girl power vibe and the girls were really out for each other and that was such a nice change that I really really needed so I'm really thankful that I moved up here and I I just you know I just am so blessed to be surrounded by other beautiful women that really do believe in lifting each other up and not just tearing us down for no reason yes yes I love the quote empowered woman empower woman Yes, a hundred percent. I fully agree. Empowered woman, empower woman and hurt people hurt people. And when yeah. I was insecure about myself, I was tearing down other women. I was slut shaming them. I was, I was hating on them. And then when I started loving myself, I started loving other women. Yeah. <laughs> loving other women. Yeah. I do think, you know, becoming bisexual also, I think realizing I was bisexual took away from that competition of like, Oh man, girls are my competition. They're my, I, I want to tap that. Like, <laughs> I wanna, like, I don't want to compete with girls anymore. I want to have sex with them. Please like me so that we can. 
<laughs> I feel like that's a conversation for another time. <laughs> I know. I could talk about that so much more, but yeah, you know, I think, I, yeah, I, I do find that a lot of the women that love other women are usually into other women. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's my, uh, yeah, for the most part. Particularly yeah, yeah, our generation. Not always. Yeah, not yeah. always. And I think particularly yeah. in our generation, um, mm-hmm. you know, like in our mid to late 20s and yes upwards i think and and being sex workers too i think there is something about women that are in sex work that we just don't have time to be competing with each other which is so ironic because we we technically are each other's competition our bodies are a commodity and we are trying to sell ourselves but when i entered the strip club even in dunedin you know girls teamed up with me they taught me how to hustle they taught me Mm. right let's go hustle together and that wasn't what i was expecting at all when i became a stripper i i in my mind thought that it was going to be catty and that I was going to be the baby stripper and that people would hate me. And um, there were some girls at the club that I worked at that I don't think liked me to begin with, but um, over time we formed friendships and they welcomed me in and helped me and supported me. And I really appreciate that. And then when I moved to Auckland and moved to a different club, the girls were even more welcoming and more sisterly. And it was just such a beautiful environment for me to be in. And even that every day, my journey of self-love, carries on and evolves it's going to stop the day I die so yeah moving to Auckland and meeting these girls I owe them so much and I love them so much because they taught me to just be my full vixen Mm. temple and be unapologetic about it so I'm so grateful and they know who they are they if they're listening to this they know who I'm talking about I love them and I really appreciate them good women have been an amazing support system in my life you know I was raised by a single mum very close with my nana um I have two other sisters um three if you count the half sister and I just feel like I'm someone that's driven by feminine energy so to be surrounded by sex workers all the time I'm so lucky I'm so lucky yeah I love that mm-hmm. so where can we find you if people want to come and connect and watch like watch your Bruce or read yes, your blogs yes come meet Bruce and come read my blogs um I have two Instagrams I have at Vixen Temple blog and at Vixen Temple 666, the, letter, uh, the numbers. Um, Vixen Temple blog is my blog, obviously. The link is in the bio. Um, Vixen Temple 666 is more my burlesque cabaret. Um, it was my stripper account, more my OnlyFans now. And you can watch Bruce on that. And please go check out my blogs because it is very important to read about sex work from sex, real sex workers. And I talk about, I want to issue a trigger warning. You know, I talk about intense things, assault, um, abortions, you know, suicide but they're topics that need to be talked about so please go check them out i would really greatly appreciate it yay and i will put those in the um show notes as well so people can yes, go of find course. us yay well thank you so much it's been thank you. fabulous talking to you no um, the honor's all mine i really appreciate that i got aw. asked to be out here it means a lot and I'm, I'm so grateful to talk to you you're such a good friend and aw. i really do truly value our friendship so thank you for having no, me no i think yeah same thank you you're very welcome